0: And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, Chinese scientists say they've identified what appears to be a new strain of the African swine fever virus working its way through three counties in the country. A paper published in the journal Nature Communications says the new virus appears to be a hybrid of the new Genotype 2 strain that caused the 2018 outbreak of ASF that began in China and a more recent but less deadly strain identified in 2021. Chris Netherton, head of ASF Vaccinology at the Pierbright Institute, says that the new variant is called Genotype 1 for its apparent similarities to older versions of the virus. It causes chronic disease in pigs, but it's not as deadly as Genotype 2, which can kill over 80% of the hogs. It infects Feed Strategy Magazine says the data from the Chinese study doesn't appear to show the new strain is more contagious than the existing variants of African swine fever. Well, Prop 12 was supposed to go into effect on Saturday, July 1st, but California's added a six-month extended window for producers to be compliant with the rule. It also gives Congress six more months to try and find a solution. Iowa Ag Secretary Mike Nagg weighed in on California's decision to extend the deadline for implementation.
1: It gives us that six-month window that certainly is an indication of the practical reality, right? the challenge of actually complying with this from their side and from the producer side and so it's good, I guess, that you would delay that and, and try to ease into that transition.
0: Neg says this decision is the first step on a slippery slope that can go beyond just pork and poultry. He says this should compel Congress to act quickly.
1: When I speak with groups now, you can almost watch people sort of click through this, like, well, it's pork today. Gosh, what could it be tomorrow? And will other states do this? Well, yes, I think we should expect that they would. And it won't just be around food. So again, this decision really opened the door for all manner of restrictions that can be placed on other states, producers of all kinds in other states, just because a state can use their market power. And, and that's wrong. That's something that's foundational to market access. And I'm not just talking about food. Here, but that's foundational to market access in this country. So uh, I do think that that should heighten the awareness and certainly should compel Congress to try to do something here. I don't know if that can fit into a farm bill conversation. Frankly, I think it belongs on its own because it's important, but I don't really care what vehicle it takes. But I do think that we've got to see uh, some balance brought back into this interstate commerce question.
0: The precedent that has been set, if unchecked by Congress, means 50 states could have 50 sets of compliance rules, and that could spell disaster for for any industry. It also means huge financial burdens for producers of any product.
1: If you look at that Supreme Court decision broadly, what it basically says is, as long as you impose the same restrictions on the producers or the manufacturers of something in your own state, you can then impose those preferences or those restrictions on folks outside of your state that want to market in. And so it's not just pork. By the way, this also creates this concept of now you're headed for a patchwork of rules and regulations that how would you ever comply with all of them? And they're ever-changing. If each legislative session or each new election cycle you can put a new ballot initiative up. How in the world could you ever comply? How could you ever secure the capital, the financing that you need in order to comply when all you can say is, hey, I only know that I'm going to be compliant until they change the law next election or next time the legislature is in session? From a practical reality, it's just very, very difficult.
0: And again, that is Iowa Agriculture Secretary Mike Nag. One well, American Farm Bureau official says it may take some creative budgeting to meet producer needs in a no-new-money farm bill. Andrew Walmsley is the Senior Director of Government Affairs for the American Farm Bureau.
2: There's a lot of different ways to move some money around, change some timelines that could free up some additional dollars. So we definitely think there's a pathway forward.
0: And that's despite a budget squeeze an already record farm bill baseline and partisan fights over SNAP funding.
2: It'd be great to find some new dollars. Otherwise, looking at opportunities to stretch a dollar a little bit further, uh, we're certainly open to that. Ways to improve programs, make them run more efficiently.
0: SNAP is an obvious target after USDA reported an almost 12% nationwide error rate for last year that prompted complaints from all four ag panel leaders. But Walmsley concludes...
2: But at the end of the day, we will need a meaningful uh, farm bill that does invest in safety net programs, commodity title in particular, and that protects crop insurance. And we're confident Congress can find a way to do that.
0: Leaving the only other question of when, after leading ag lawmakers acknowledged in June they probably will need an extension to rewrite the farm law expiring on September 30th. Well, growers planted 6.81 million acres of sorghum for all purposes this year, up 8% from last year. Kansas and Texas, the top sorghum-producing states, account for 77% of the country's acreage. Now, growers expect to harvest 5.94 million acres for grain, up 30% from last year. Approximately 73% of the nation's sorghum acreage was planted by June 18th, 5 percentage points behind the previous year and 9 percentage points behind the five-year average. By June 18th, 15% of the nation's sorghum acreage had reached the headed stage equal to last year but one percentage point behind the five-year average now 60 percent of the nation's sorghum acreage was rated in good to excellent condition on June 18th three percentage points above the previous week and 14 percent above the previous year. Now, also, in the meantime, the National Sorghum Producers are now accepting entries for the 2023 National Sorghum Yield Contest. You can get more information about that on their website, sorghumgrowers.com. Again, that is sorghumgrowers.com. And finally here on today's program, U.S. pork exports to Chile have rebounded this year up 30% from a year ago through April. Chef Sebastian Gray is the U.S. Meat Export Federation Program Coordinator in Chile. He discusses a successful retail promotion of U.S. pork, which is supported by the National Pork Board and the USDA Market Access Program. The campaign is promoting bacon wrapped U.S. pork loin into supermarket chains and small retail meat shops.
2: Leader, which is the supermarket that's being operated by Walmart in Chile, has 140 stores, and they introduced in December of last year a new product, which is a pork loin wrapped with bacon that sells in individual packages, and they have great success. We did a marketing campaign with them in 20 stores with uh, samplings, and due to the great success that the product had, they will be introducing the product to another supermarket, which is uh, Todos. It's a very big, big supermarket in Chile. That has 41 stores all over the country. And they will be also introducing to some small retailers to see how it works.
0: And U.S. pork is also gaining traction in the Chilean food service sector, including the well-known smokehouse restaurant Caraca Ribs. Chile is becoming
2: more and more obsessed with smoking pork, smoking a lot of things. So during September of last year in Espacio Food and Service, which is a food show in Chile, we met with a smokehouse called Curaca Ribs. And then they were looking for US pork because they wanted to have something different at the restaurant. And we put them in contact with one of the importers and now they are purchasing US spare ribs into their restaurants. In their social media, they have over 140,000 followers on Instagram, and they are promoting that they are using US pork and US spare ribs in their restaurants. We did a big show with them that was very successful.
0: And for more information on this story and others like this from the U.S. Meat Export Federation, visit them online, usmef.org. Again, that is usmef.org, and thanks to the U.S. Meat Export Federation for that report. We're out of time here on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us.